this. I missed this. Wow. It has been a minute. It's been a minute. We had really um, lofty dreams that we were going to podcast all over Europe, but we got distracted with food and wine and dancing and beautiful architecture. I know. We just were actually alive and letting ourselves be delighted by life. We were just in so much joy. Uh, we forgot to press record. <laughs> <laughs> we were. We actually were podcasting in that yeah. you and I were constantly having conversations. We just weren't recording any of them. Exactly. We had some like really deep talks over tapas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the deepest. Do you remember that night in Madrid? <gasps> oh, that night in Madrid. That was a good talk. I, I think we closed the restaurant. We always and we it. got home after curfew and we got locked out. Oh, we were like Cinderella. We got home at 12.01 <laughs> and we didn't know that the building locked the doors at 12. Oh, but luckily there are angels everywhere and we found our way. Um, speaking of angels everywhere, uh, this podcast is the beginning of a brand new series that we're doing. Um, people who listen often hear us uh, ask our listeners for podcast topics and we have gotten an onslaught of people requesting topics from us. So Natalie and I thought, okay, let's do a little series, a, a people's choice, if you will. <laughs> people's choice, the People's <laughs> Choice Awards in podcasts. I love People's Choice Awards. Yeah, so it's so exciting for us because we obviously love to, the, this podcast was born out of us and our relationship and the conversations we like to have with each other. But what is really interesting and amazing for us is both the feedback we get from you when you say what you were talking about is exactly what's going on in my life right now. That's always so powerful for us. But also when you reflect to us, hey, I would love for you guys to chat about this. This is what's coming up for me. It's often exactly what's going on for us too. So that's kind of the opposite but equally cool experience. And so I'm excited to dive into uh, some of these audience choice award podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, I think one of the things I really resonate with when I'm listening to other podcasts is when I'm when someone's talking about something, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what's going on in my life right now. That's exactly the curriculum I'm studying. Because then you realize, oh, we're all just having one conversation. We're all these different souls well, in, in different bodies, but at, at, the, at the core, there's a oneness, right? that links all of us together. Um, so I feel like through this kind of generation of podcasts that is occurring, we're getting to like broaden the conversation and realize that we're all truly in it together. Yeah. So we wanted to share with you um, this, this email that we got from one of our listeners. Um, and this lovely person will remain anonymous. We were trying to think of a fun uh, stage name that we could give them, but we didn't come up with one. <laughs> Use no. your imagination, friends. <laughs> you can call this listener whatever fancy name you would like. <laughs> so should we, you want to you trade off paragraphs here, Nat? Oh, I don't even have it in front of me. Oh, I do. Well, <laughs> Then I will be the voice of our listener. It goes, hey, ladies, I know you are blissing out in pleasure in Roma right now, so please ignore till you come back. But I had a great podcast topic idea download, and I thought I would share. No pressure, of course. I just thought the idea was intriguing. So this week, I was described as underestimated. It hit me like a ton of bricks, and I had a major aha moment realizing how much I feel un underestimated by the industry slash other people, how much I underestimate myself, and how much, in turn, 
I underestimate others. Wow. It is one big shell I've created to protect myself. I felt my gifts were not valued as a child and was taught the world was a hard place where I was lucky to get a crumb of anything. On some level, as an adult, in my inner world, I continue to underestimate my own gifts, and I underestimate the abundance of the universe slash others, and it is reflected back to me by the outer world. Then the irony that I feel underestimated, but then I, in turn, underestimate others is nuts. Mm. I'm enjoying unpacking all of this and journaling, etc. but I would love your thoughts and wondered if it would be a good podcast topic. And then she signs it, lots of MF joy. <laughs> yeah. So this podcast, friends, is undoing, underestimating. And I think immediately when I was reading this email, I thought, yes, 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 me too, yes. And especially when she talked about uh, the crumbs, receiving the crumbs, and this feeling of, you know, if you received something, you know, you should be so grateful for it, or you should earn it, or you should work really hard for it, that there's there's something that hasn't necessarily been ingrained in us, that we have this inherent value. And so we're always trying to kind of prove that we do have value, but then oftentimes what we receive does reflect the level of value that we think we have. And so it's not wrong if we are attracting at a level of value that's lesser than we are. It's actually just almost the universe's way of, of showing us, hey, you're actually worth so much more than this. And the discomfort you feel at this level of value is so that we can shake you up to the next level, so we can grow you, so we can transcend you. So I love walking into this conversation because I know that a conversation about where we feel underestimated, where we underestimate ourselves or others is ultimately a really powerful position because it's a conversation that leads us into our true worth. Oh, that's, that's the truth. I actually was, wanted to applaud this listener's self-awareness. There were so many things in here I was like, oh, you're doing good work. Your, your awareness is so great. The ahas that, that this person is having, one, that they realized, I realize that underestimating myself and the universe and others is something I've done to, to protect myself. Like, I just want to stop and go like, hold on right there. Way mm. to go. Way yeah. to realize I created a belief system to protect myself right? Um, it's almost like, and I wonder, and I'm, is there a fear of thinking of myself as a value in case others don't reflect that back? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like if I, if I lower myself, then I'm not disappointed. But if I hold myself up high and value who I am and um, have a feeling of deservingness, and then it, and if it doesn't get matched, will that disappointment be too hard? Yes. It's almost like there's a fine line between the perception of what's miraculous and what makes you a fraud. 
Ooh. I, I always remember Michael Singer in his book uh, talking about how he had to study for some big test and he just couldn't get it up to study. He just like didn't want to do it. It wasn't interesting to him. And yeah. finally, like the day before this big test, he opened the textbook. He read one page. He's like, this is useless. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to learn what I need to learn for this test. He closed the book. He showed up for the exam and the exam was only one question and it was on the page that he had read. Right. So it's like in that moment, ego can tell you, well, you're a fraud. You just got lucky. Like now people are going to think you're smart, but really you aren't. Or, (laughs) you know, the truth could tell you you're taken care of all the time. Miracles are everywhere. You are supported. You always get everything that you need. You're in exactly the right place at the exact right time. You showed up and listened and did exactly what you needed to do and it was enough. That's right. And so at any moment, we have the perception to, 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 we have the choice of our perception. And sometimes I think that underestimating like you identified is we're so scared that if we bolster ourselves up, and other people disagree with us that we won't be able to handle people thinking that we're vain or full of ourselves or arrogant or too much. And so it feels safer to don a perception of less value of ourselves. But ultimately, that is an ache that does not go away because it just doesn't feel like who we are. It's so too small for us. It's just not true. It makes me think I was watching on the airplane coming out here. I watched that Amy Schumer movie, I Feel Pretty, Mm -hmm. right? Where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden she's like, looks in the mirror after she gets hit in the head and she's like, I'm gorgeous. (laughs) And, And how her just owning this belief system of her being gorgeous uh, allows her to go for the, a guy that she would never go for, go for a job she would never go for, speak up, uh, enter a bikini contest, like do all these things because nothing changed but her idea of her own value, right? Yeah. And I love what you said about we get to choose our perception. And I think what we don't realize is we get to choose what our value is. Like, Sometimes I think money is a hysterical thing on the planet, right? It's a system that we all like created and then we all decided it has value and it's just kind of like, like a joke to me sometimes. I'm like, I just think it's like, oh, this is just a, us as a world, we decided that this is a thing and now it's a thing, right? So which is so much of what goes on in the world. We decide that it's a thing and then it's a thing. Same is true for us. We decide who we are and our own inherent value and as we decide upon that we then watch the the world the the form reflect it back to us and i love that awareness in this listener as well one of the when she said this i was like oh my girl you got it you're 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 slaying uh she says okay where's where's the mirror um it was so okay she says on some level, as an adult, in my inner world, I continue to underestimate my own gifts and underestimate the abundance of the universe slash others, and it is reflected back to me by the outer world. And that's where I want to just go, yes, hallelujah, sister. You got it. This is Yes, this is how it works, right? Yes, it's like the question that you were asking about the podcast is all it's all the answer is already also within the email it's so yeah, beautiful she answered it yeah yeah that's exactly yeah. right it's it's interesting because um i had i had written an article recently about worth and worthiness and i had looked up 
kind of the meaning of the word value. And the word value has all different kinds of meanings, obviously. Something can have a monetary value. Uh, another way to think of value is uh, something held in high esteem, right? If you value someone, you hold them in high esteem. Uh, but then there's this other definition that just kind of rung for me. And it said, the regard that something is held to deserve. Mm. So when I think about that, it's, it's the regard that something is held to deserve, that something is held to deserve this position and, and that determines its value. So it, it says to me, well, how am I determining that for myself? Mm -hmm. Do I see myself as something that regards deservingness? That's right. And if I do, then the outer world will continue to reflect that back to me. And if I don't, then the outer world will continue to reflect that back to me. And it's not true of my true value. It's just true of my perception of my value. So whatever I perceive is my value will be reflected back to me, but it's almost like it's a game. It's like I say, I perceive myself as worth 5%. So I put 5% out in the world. 5% comes back to me and I go, ooh, that doesn't feel good. I feel like I'm worth more than that. Why is that happening? Why am I only getting paid this much at this job? Why is this person treating me like this? Why is this happening? And that angst and that discomfort and that uncertainty is the sign not to go and try to change around the circumstances in the outer world. It's to say, why did I put out a signal of 5% when 5% doesn't feel good to get back? I need a better return on investment here. <laughs> so it's like, you know, then the game is how can I put out 10%, 15%, 20%? How can I change the level of value, my estimation of my own value, my appraisal of myself? How can I change how I put that out there so something else can, can be brought back? And it's kind of this fun trial and error thing until you go, ooh, that's the right fit. That feels good. That feels like me. That promotion feels right. That partner feels right. And, and we get to be the, the master, the player of this game. We're the only player. That's right. And, and it's really interesting because I think what we want often is for someone else to give our value to us, right? We, many of us were conditioned in our upbringings to be other focused. And so what other people thought of us is then the value that we gave to ourselves. So often we get into life and we get into adulthood and we look around the world and we say to others, show me my value, whether it be to a partner or to work or career or how people respond to our art. We're looking for people to reflect back how we want to see ourselves. And it causes us to be more concerned on form than energy. Right? That's where we get into the, if it looks good to the outer world, then it's good. And what happens, Pete Holmes was talking about this recently, the grace of malaise. There yes. is a malaise that happens underneath when you know you're not coming from energy. But yes. that malaise, that kind of like low-key depression is really grace because it teaches you there's something missing on the inside, which is your own internal value, which comes through a deep connection with the source of all right? Yeah. That's the place. Now, I know you and I both know this. 
you can't give value to someone else. And you and I both know this because we've worked with people. And I'm sure you've had the experience where you're telling someone, you're gorgeous. You're so talented. Do you see who you are? Do you see how incredible you are? Um, and if someone doesn't make that choice to decide it for themselves, it's like you can't make them see it. You can yeah. you can offer you can give an offering. Hey, when I like I feel this sometimes with some of the people I work with writing wise. When I look at your writing, this is a good story and it moves me to my core and I know this wants to be told. But if that person doesn't decide that story needs to be told, no no matter how much I say it, I can't do it for them. Right. There has to be an internal choice from each one of us to decide that who we are and what we have to give has value. And that, and that is an inside game. Inside game all the way. And we've, we've all actually had this experience. You've had this experience where you have felt uncomfortable in your body. You haven't felt good and you're getting dressed up for something or you're going to an event, but you're just, you're not feeling good. And everyone could say, wow, you look amazing. And it's it just, it, it's like, it's just a boomerang. It's just going yeah. right off, right off, right yeah. off. Like you, you can't receive it no matter what, because internally it doesn't match how you feel. That's right. On the other hand, you could be, you know, looking crazy, but you just feel good. And you just feel so good from the inside out and you have no makeup on and whatever. And you're just like walking down the street, strutting like you feel like a million bucks. And, you know, if someone said to you, oh, you don't look that good today, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter at all. So good. You know what I mean? So the thing is, is... We, we get so obsessed with one thing that I love that Rob Bell says is it's not the form, it's the spirit that animates the form that yes. matters. And so we get so obsessed with the form. When the form looks good, I'll have more value. When yeah. my body looks a certain way, I'll have more value. When I make more money, I'll have more value. When my kids behave in a way that I want them to, I will have more value as a parent. We are always thinking that if the form on the outside changes, our value will change. But the only thing that actually makes our stock go up is how we feel. It's a feeling tone. It's how we feel about ourselves. It's how we feel in our skin. It's how we feel about our lives. And so that's why you and I are so obsessed with talking about joy and talking yes. about desire and talking about activation because pleasure, activation, joy, desire, these are the kinds of things that turn you on from the inside out. And so it makes things possible that were not possible. It creates value that you can't even begin to imagine is there. Right. But instead of trying to seek the thing, the, the object of form, whatever it might be, we are interested in going from the inside out. Let's, let's find that place inside of us where we hit that feeling tone of bliss, of joy, of activation, and then watch the world change. And one thing that we talk about in our pleasure workshops that comes up is we ask people to take a big stand for pleasure. We ask people to go out, live joy, live these good feelings, do things you thought you could never do. And then it's like the next day we come in and we teach on something called the pleasure hangover. And we talk to people about the stuff that comes up when you stand for a bigger life. And really what that comes down to is our belief systems are not our own. 
Our value systems are not our own. We borrow them. We borrow them from family. We borrow them from culture. We borrow them from the communities we grow up in. We borrow them from inspirational people in our lives. And oftentimes the conditioning that we don is you have to earn it. You're not there yet. You have to work harder. You know, uh, if you work hard, you'll get ahead. These are all the kind of messages you have to eat all your dinner and then you can have dessert. And we have, we've been given these messages so often in so many different ways that then when we just stand for, it can be easy. I deserve it. You know, I was born deserving. I get to have fun. I get to be in my joy. When we start to stand for these messages, what comes right up against us is the guilt and shame that has kept us in that old conditioning for so long. Yes. And so part of our job is knowing that as we stand for a higher value for ourselves, it might not feel comfortable. And that's probably the sign that you're doing it right. Oh, absolutely. Once you start to actually go mindfully, I'm going to change my belief system and I'm going to start playing with a new set. I'm going to believe that I am beautiful. I am going to walk down the street and own my beauty. What you're going to find is those old voices or tapes start to rear their ugly head in a different way so that you can really hear it. Something that'll happen when I'm working with like a client on writing who's like, I'm going to write. I am dedicated to this idea. I can't wait to let it get out of me. And then they'll be like, oh, Kristen, I have watched my resistance this week. Every time I sit down to write, I'm exhausted. Mm. And I'm like, I know, isn't it sneaky? Isn't mm. it sneaky how these, these, um, these other, the, the way that our, False beliefs will hide. And so being a warrior is like, I'm going to go out into the battlefield and I'm going to live the truth of my being. And I know what I am slaying is the ghosts of these old ideas that no longer serve me, right? And, and so just knowing like, yeah, okay, that's going to be part of the process. That's what I signed up for. So I'm not afraid when, when, when they come up. One of the things um, I was talking to you about that has been so interesting for me this week in working with uh, Rob Bell on this play that I'm directing. Now, I've been doing Create With You for, what, three years now, about three and a half. Mm -hmm. And even before then, I've been teaching these principles since my like late 20s. And so I think that I'm pretty good in being like, yes, as a creator, I am self-validating. I'm not concerned about what the world wants. I am concerned about what my soul wants to do on the planet, right? Like, I, I think this is the truth of my, I think this is the truth that I am living. But that little gremlin, so last night we had our first performance and it was so exciting and so thrilling. But what I saw in myself that as a director and as kind of like a human being, I am trained to listen to the audience and seeing how they're reacting so that I can know how am I going to shape the play? How am I going to trim it? Where might I cut a line? Like, so I'm, I realize that there is almost a, um, kind of a, a leaving of myself to be like inside the communal vibe of the audience to listen to what they want. But what was interesting for me is I was sitting next to Mr. Rob Bell, who was having the time of his life. <laughs> I was telling Natalie that like, I was like, oh, he has made up his mind in advance that he is going to have a great time. 
And he is enjoying the creation of what is happening. And it is thrilling his being, no matter what anyone else is doing. And I was like, this is a masterclass in joy. This is a masterclass in appreciating creation. And it really made me think about the way that we can put value into what is coming through us. You know, when you and I talked about how do we change, like it's really easy to say, okay, we have to up our value, but how do we do it? Yes. Um, and one of the ways that we, that I know that we do is that we see ourselves as a work of art that the universe created, right? That no matter how we are created, we were created out of love, right? As, as Michael Beckwith loves to talk about, we were created because the universe wanted to express itself as us. And that however we ended up here in the planet, whatever our shape, whatever our size, whatever our personality or our quirks, it's a beautiful, magical work of art. So in a way, those of us who are afraid of like not looking humble, whatever that old storyline is, it's like... I'm just a fan of what the universe makes. I know right. the universe only makes great things. And because I was made by the universe, I'm a mother effing gorgeous being. And also, can we just have a minute for the fact that the universe is the source of infinite, limitless possibility? Yeah. Meaning the universe has the option to make whatever the F it wants. Yeah. And it decided. Because it knows what your purpose on this planet is. Because it's why you are here. It decided to create you with every single most perfect cell, most perfect hair on your head, most perfect thumbprint, most perfect everything for you to be the you that you came to this planet to be. And listen, when you look at a garden, when you look at nature, when you look at the ocean, do you ever think... I think the universe made a mistake on that part. Like, I think it didn't quite nail that flower. I think this one's more superior, right? Like, it's absurd to think that creation has anything to do with not just nailing it and getting it perfect every time. (laughs) Every time. We have to trust that we have been created in that same image, in that same likeness, in that, by that same source. And so, What's fascinating to me is we can spend all of our time trying to prove value of an already perfect thing, or we can just know that it's already perfectly designed and stop wasting our time. That's right. I love to tell the story of when I was on mushrooms in Joshua Tree. It's not me (laughs) if I've told the story on the podcast before. Oh, um, just my favorite. Just um, here I am in in the middle of Joshua Tree on mushrooms, living my best life. And what happened for me was all I could do was revel in how gorgeous I was. It was like (laughs) any part of my inner critic that is ever making a list of the things that are wrong with me, like, well, those wrinkles or too much chubbiness over here, you know, whatever that kind of voice is, it was obliterated, (laughs) right? And then all that I could feel was like, oh my God. I was like Amy Schumer in the movie. 
I'm beautiful. <laughs> and John Vesey tells a story of how I just took all these, like, all selfies. the selfies. <laughs> I all the selfies. camera. I took his camera and filled it up with, like, 400 selfies because I couldn't get over how gorgeous I was. But I was like, oh, is that the truth of my inner being that gets blocked out by the voice of this ego, this critic, this small self that is always there to make lists of... Um, uh, uh, the things that, that truly keep us n- from knowing how source sees us, right? Yeah. And well, I do I, think part of the, oh, sorry, go ahead, love. Oh, no, no, you go and then I'll go. I was just going to say, I do think part of the conditioning is always telling us uh, that there's work to be done. Yeah. That you're unfinished, that you're not quite there yet. You know, you can always be more beautiful. You can always be more thin. You can always be more talented. You can always make more money. So this idea of more that you're not quite enough, this conditioning it is just the lie that keeps us in striving. But yeah. I think that what we've been playing and experimenting with is what, what manifestations, we know that manifestation happens through hard work and striving. We know that it does. We know that if you show up and put pencil to paper, something will happen. We know that there's a, a certain level of hard work does pay off. We all know that path. But what we've been curious about is, is there another path? And is there a path saying, if I'm starting from a place of joy and perfection, and we don't mean perfection in terms of like, you're perfect, you do everything right. We, we just mean this innate spiritual divine perfection of your being that, that you, as you would look at the face of a child as a little tiny baby, just laughing and enjoy, you would say that's just a perfect thing. There's, there's yeah. nothing to fix there. So where along the way did we start to think there was something to fix? And we use that to say, if I don't have something to fix, I will not be motivated. Right. And I think there's this idea that as long as we stay in not enough, we will be motivated to be more, to get more, to do more. And somehow that's the point of this whole thing. But what I would argue is what happens if we stand in a place of, I'm already so, and I'm going to use this expression, full of myself, as in full of my divinity, full of my creativity, full of my talent, full of my expression, full of my value, full of excitement about what happens when the form of Natalie hits the road. What, What happens when I go out onto the street today? What miracle wants to happen when I can get more excited about that? To me, that wonder and awe is far more motivating than hard work. Yes, a hundred percent. And Natalie and I, we got really excited about using the tools of wonder and awe to be the thing that gets us out of underestimating. So instead of being in this place where I'm underestimating who I am or underestimating my gifts, can I sit back inside wonder and awe and go, ooh, I'm going to watch myself in wonder and in awe. Who am I? How was I created? How was my body created? And then let me look at my gifts. And we can look at our gifts. And this is something that helps me just get out of my own ego is, can I look at what comes through me as the universe creating through me, right? And since I know the universe only creates awesome stuff, the universe is using me as a vessel, 
to create something that otherwise would not be on the planet. And now I get to sit back and watch in wonder and awe at what it has created through me. I know it is not me. It is an energy that moves through me. Mm. And, and then wonder and awe lets me go, okay, now I'm going to extend that wonder and awe to the source of love in the world and saying, I know that you are so big. You are so limitless. You have infinite resources. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do with my life? What are you going to do with my career? What are you going to do with this project, with this relationship, with this business? What ideas do you have for it? Who are the people that you're bringing in? What, what, is the, what do I not even know about that you're going to do? And it's very interesting. There's this phrase from A Course in Miracles that I love that says, Fear is an indicator that we are trying to use our own strength to mm. do something. Mm. And so that when that fear or that nervousness or in that anxiety comes in, um, even that like ego part that wants to criticize, it means we're trying to take the reins. Yeah. Right? As opposed to, and I think this is the answer to hard work, right? It's, it, it's, it's not that I'm going to clench down and work hard and drive. What I'm going to do is open myself up to be available. I'm going to show up and then let an energy that wants to move through me, move through me. And so I can use wonder and awe at how I was created on the energy that comes through and, and, and that source of love and what it wants to do. Its plans for us are so much bigger than our plans for ourselves. And so on the daily, may I remind myself, don't hold the reins hand it over. I, I have this funny thing that happened. It's so silly, but I, ha I really am dying to share the story because of how ridiculous and silly it is. <laughs> At our first rehearsal, uh, I showed up with my uh, producer and stage manager two hours early so that we could get scripts printed when the actors showed up. This is the silliest example of this ever, but it's so true. And when we got there, our computers wouldn't connect with the printer. And we found out we didn't have like the right IP number for our computers to print. And I saw my mind get into anxiety of like, I just want to be prepared. I want to have everything right when the actors show up, right? And then it was so funny because then um, uh, like everything that could go wrong went wrong. Like mm -hmm. we finally got the, the, the printers working, but then there was a jam. And then we had to find the person that knew how to fix the, the printers with the jam on it. Then we got them printed, but realized that we print them all backwards. So they were all like Jewish hymnals where you read from the, <laughs> right, the wrong way. And we had to like reprint them again. So just time is like ticking away. But as I'm watching my own silliness and anxiety, I'm just like, oh, I see you. I think I know exactly what's happening here. And I thought of A Course in Miracles. I'm trying to do this in my own strength. And what mm -hmm. I need to do is just hand it over and say, hey, this is your show. You're doing something here. I'm just going to trust that these scripts are going to get printed. Everybody's going to have what they need. I can let go of trying to control things. And I'm going to sit here and be available for whatever happens next. Yeah. Right? May I just let go and trust. And, and so... What I find for myself is when I do get to let go and trust, it's just more fun. Then uh, I get to sit and wonder and awe and realize that when everyone walked through the door, everything was done. And no amount of me trying to control or hustle, all it did is make, get me out of my alignment. And right. 
And me deciding to get into my alignment was a deliberate choice. Yes. And, and the decision to get into alignment is based on the perception. I'm supported. Yeah. I'm supported. And I think as long as we continue to remind ourselves, we're not in this game alone. Mm -mm. We are not in this game alone. And whatever source you call it that is in this game with you, the source of love, nature, cosmic consciousness, it's got freaking tricks up its sleeve. It is timeless. It is beyond time and space. It knows things we don't know. So it's just so cute that our little human mind thinks it in, in any way has to do it in its own way or on, on its own speed when there's this infinite source. It's like this like infinite uh, energy source that we can plug into at any time that'll just go, I got you. Yeah. And why we are so resistant to just plugging in, you know? And I think it's because we think we don't deserve to plug in. And so the first question is, uh, the first the first thing is permission. You have permission to plug in because you're a human being, and you are the same thing as it. So you have permission to go there anytime you want. It's an unlimited supply. It's free. You know, it's not like uh, the universe walks around with a sign that says free lunch, and then you take it, and then it like gets mad at you. You know, it's like it really is a free lunch. Like you really can take it, you know? And so I think the first thing is giving yourself permission to plug in. And then the second thing is if you find resistance to plugging in, that's your point of power. That's the point where when you say, okay, if I can label it, if I can understand what it is, if I can call it something, if I can see it, then if I can see it playing out in my life, now. I can make that different choice. Now I can make that conscious contrary action as the yogis say. And that is when we start to up our value because we know ourselves as someone who can create change in our own life and not just repeat the same pattern over and over. Ooh, that is so good. So good. I mean, some of you may know this, some of you may not, but I, when we were in Italy, jumped out of an airplane. And what was fascinating to me about the process is leading up to this moment, the weeks before, you know, you're having nightmares, you're having dreams, you're thinking of all the, you know, I'm going to get unhooked, the parachute's not going to come out, there's all these bad things that are going to happen. And it's just almost like this perpetuation of uh, the potential disaster, right? Something happens when you're in the plane, and you're just in the moment, and they open the door. And you look down, <laughs> it's just like the only thing left is trust. Yes. The only thing left is letting go. And what's fascinating that I learned about skydiving is the position when you're doing a tandem jump is that you have to arch your back and open your heart and look up. So it just made me think of the metaphor of don't look of how you might fall. Look up at what is about to catch you. And oh, and leap with an open heart. And can I tell you, the second you look up at the beautiful infinite sky with an open heart, and then you feel yourself just fall, and you're just part of this beautiful sky, and you're looking at the ocean and the world below, and you're just part of this thing and everything takes over your body because you're moving so fast that there's nothing left of you. It's like all you are is connected to spirit mm. and all you are is in deep trust. And that moment 
when the parachute opens and you just fly up into the sky because that that the 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 feeling of how supported you are lifts you even higher than you thought you could go and then there you are just floating just floating looking at this big beautiful universe and as you float you just say to yourself what was i scared of oh what was i ever scared of did i really think I could handle that? Did I really think I could take care of that? Did I really think I could do that? Did I really think I could muscle that? Did I really think any of my mind or my body could do that? There's something bigger. And my job over and over and over is just to turn it over, turn it over, turn it over, and continue to stand in trust. And when I have a hard time trusting, can I develop wonder and awe even around the resistance? Mm, that is it. Heart open, head up. Heart open, head up. Oh. That's it. That's so, it. If we start looking up, we'll see things, we'll see the value of things differently. That's exactly right. And as we open our heart, our value will be released from within, mm. from the part of us that is also all things and in all things. That we are, we start to know our oneness. It is revealed to us as we are courageous enough to trust, to open, and experience our value as it is revealed, right? As it flows through us, as it surrounds us, as it lifts us up. And in the same way, we, you were saying about Rob and how. Rob's joy in his creation inspired you after years in this business, inspired you to think of things in a different way or think of something else as possible. We have to know that when we stand for our value, there will always be people that will be triggered. Mm -hmm. There will always be people that will be threatened by that. There would be other directors who would look at Rob doing that and say, well, that's not responsible. That's not good business savvy for theater, you know? But then there are the, the others who will say, wow, you gave me permission to be something I didn't know I could be. It was so powerful. It like had its own gravitational pull. I found for myself that amount of, of, of joy in the creative process, that amount of excitement at what is happening to be the most inspiring thing that maybe I've ever been around. Um, and and free. Talk about free falling. Wouldn't it be so cool if we all walked around just in total delightment of what is happening? Like eyes, I mean, like talk about eyes up, heart open. Whoo! It's almost like it's the, it's the feeling of I see value everywhere I go. Mm. I experience my own value everywhere I go. And I don't need anybody else to co-sign on that. It, yeah. is, it is just what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. it you know, it's, it's so funny. Um, one of the things that our, our friend wrote in the email is how um, – her underestimating her own gifts caused her to underestimate others. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something about when we, we start to be willing to see ourselves as these beautiful works of art, it allows us to really see everyone else as beautiful works of art too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
if, if we can see ourselves as a place where the universe can express its genius through us, then everyone else also becomes that vessel that where the voice of the divine can speak through. Exactly. And, and it becomes effortless. It becomes effortless. Just like you said, like jumping out of that plane, all of a sudden, something else takes over. That's right. So it doesn't have to be hard work. No. We don't have to earn it. And we don't have to be good enough. And we don't have to deserve our value. Our value is freely given to us. Just getting to be, I I don't know if it's Rumi or Ram Dass, one of them that says, like, just getting to be in a body is rapture. Yeah. Just, Just getting to wake up and have breath in your lungs and blood pumping in your heart and get to see the sunshine on a new day. This is an opportunity for value. And you know your value because you walk down the street and you smile at someone and something changes. Every single thing that you do creates change, impact, uh, magic. And that's how powerful you are. And it does have value and it does matter. And it doesn't matter if it's for one person or a hundred people or a million people. Everything that you do counts as soon as you decide that it does. Oh, woo! And that is how we undo underestimating. Yes, it is. And we just want to thank our beautiful listener for taking the time to write us in and put your truth in an email and say, this is what I'm feeling. Can you jam on it? And just know what a gift that is for us. Um, we're going to do this uh, whole series of podcast uh, topics that are coming in because there is some good stuff you guys are asking oh, about and thinking about. I and, can't um, wait. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm like on fire for this. Yeah, new it's it's really a delight. Yeah, it's good to be back after our amazing vacation. Uh, we had such a great time to bond and to uh, be in a new place. And when your eyes see new things and you get inspired in a new way. And so now it feels really good to be back in uh, New York and LA respectively and doing our thing. And uh, we just can't wait to bring you this series. And also uh, if you're interested, you can go over to our website, thecreateseries.com. And if you join our mailing list there, we send out just a once a month mailer that tells you all the classes classes, all the offerings. Uh, We always link to our latest podcast, just different things that we have going on. So if you're interested in finding out more rather than inundating you with a whole list of things, just go join our mailing list and we'll make sure you get all that information. Um, We love you. Thank you for listening. And if you have ideas, yeah, if you have ideas for us, send them our way. You can email us. You can join our Create Community Facebook page. It's uh, the acronym create, c.r.e.a.t.e. So come find us. We would love to jam with you. And thank you, dear listener, for this beautiful talk on value. You're a work of art. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel that we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you liked this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend?